0: Blow up the system, go up in flames, and my religion. Oh, no, no, yeah, just born in rage. I'm loaded up in armor, right? Oh, drag. yeah. Fighting
1: this song was the intro song for Justin Gaethje last week when sports got started again uh, for the UFC fight when he whooped Tony Ferguson's ass. And there's something about music when they come into an empty arena, maybe it just, you know, grab Because I'm more like a rocker, man. I like songs, you know, like, a, like an anthem. But this one was just so smooth with it. When he walked down, I was like, oh, I gotta get this shit. Did you like this song, Wyatt? Wasn't it sweet? It just, I mean, every time I hear that, I, I think I want to I fight. I don't mean like professional fight, not like, you know, somebody come down my street. But hey, man, you know, I mean, just like, I, just, I feel like I, it puts me in that, that, that mood. Like I want to walk into an arena, man, and, you know, be in the octagon or be in a ring and fight. That's just the dork I am. Every time I hear music like that, I think of walking into an arena. I, I want to wrestle again. That's my thing, man. I, I, I said it before. I said it again. I want to wrestle again. And what are you doing, Wyatt? Wyatt? Wyatt, my producer was walking behind me, and I mean, but he's on the floor crawling. I was like, "What are you doing, Wyatt?" It's weird. Okay, are we good? Is everything good? Okay, just check him out. I was like, okay, yeah. Well, I, I I just noticed you walking behind me anyway. But anyway, I, uh, it was kind of cool seeing sports again, man, for the for the weekend. Um, but, I mean, granted, the UFC owned it. Uh, the only live sport there was. So it was kind of cool to watch the fights. It was good, you know, uh, watch people get their ass whooped or whatever. It's kind of cool. I guess you don't really need a crowd, I guess, for a fight. I mean, you know, everybody could hear their corners. You know what's great about that is, I remember when I wrestled and like I would hear what the coaches were telling the guy I was wrestling and I would listen to the other guy's coach. And, that's, and I would make improvements because seriously, he's like, uh, he, he's keeping his leg out to, oh, okay. And I would bring it back. Like whatever their coach was telling I was doing uh, to tell the other guy to do to me, I'd be like, oh, okay, I better do that. You know, he's got his hands down. Okay, okay, I put my hands up. Whatever it was, I knew what to do because I, I, I listened to the other person's coach to the point they were like, well, I really can't say shit to him. Because I would listen to their coach. And that's, that's the way to do it. Don't listen to your coach. Listen to the other opponent's coach because then you know what you're doing wrong. Seriously, I love that. I mean, not that it helped. It helped me a little bit, I guess, but I thought it was good, you know? Always listen to the other person. It's like almost like constructive criticism on the spot, basically, is what that is. Listen to the other opponent's coach. Like, say in basketball, if they're saying like, hey, guard Wyatt, you know, take him to the left because he can't dribble right, wouldn't you start practicing on your left hand dribbling, Wyatt? It, it, seriously, they said, you know, he ain't got no outside shot. They go, oh, really? Wouldn't that kind of like light a fire into your ass if they said some shit like that? That's what they would do to me. Whenever I wrestle and they go, "He can't do this." Oh, oh, really? Watch me. You know. What's up, home team? All right. Right? It's cool to see the jogging suit back in back in fashion. Dude just walked by with a jogging suit. I thought that was kind of cool, right? All right. Home home team. Yeah, I thought that was cool. But yeah, so um it's good to see. and also uh I don't know if anybody, anybody watching the last dance with Michael Jordan. I mean, it, it's basically the Michael Jordan story cuz he had final say over the um over the final edit and everything. Let me tell you something, man. It says something about your sport when, and granted, Ed, this, quarantine, this quarantine time, I call it QT, right? During the QT, basically the NFL is owning the QT when, when uh, the Packers fucked uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers by selecting a quarterback in the first round. Hey, that, that's the way it's saying you're out of town, basically. That's why I look at it. Um, where, uh, the NFL is basically owning it with the draft and everything, okay? They've owned this QT. But second and maybe even first is the last dance of Michael Jordan. And what does that say about your sport? When a player who has retired two year, I mean tw- almost 20 years ago, and he's still the talk of the, he's still the, talk of the sport? They're not, they're not talking about LeBron. They're talking about bringing the NBA back if they come back or whatever. But the talk is of a player who retired 20 years ago. That's where, that's where we are in sports. Michael Jordan is still one of the top players. Because he, he was the best in every across any sport. He was the best. When it comes to Stone Cold Killers, he goes, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. I'm talking stone cold killers in a sport where like they got that smile and they get the endorsements, but they're the best they're but they're the best and they would literally slit your throat to be number 1. He goes Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. I'm going to say Valentino Rossi in MotoGP and I'm going to say uh Marc Marquez in MotoGP. And after that, after I mean there's winners but there's not stone cold killers, you know? Like go on the state one and it's like okay, and they had, you know, Steph Curry and there's, you know, Durant, but no one's really a stone cold killer. Michael Jordan, stone cold killer. He would step on your chest to get to the ball. He would, step, he would watch you die and knowing you need a drink of water and he wouldn't give it to you. That, he's a stone cold killer. And the, the greatest was when he was saying, when everybody was talking about, is Michael or Jordan a nice guy? And he goes, listen, I never asked those guys to do anything I wouldn't do. And he goes, and I bought him along and I, it made me mad to uh, to think they were walking into a championship situation. And he goes, no, I did that. I'm the one that got him a championship. And they think they're coming in like it was given to you. No, you got to earn that. And then he started, he, he teared up and started crying. He goes, I got to take a break. And he took the, and he took the, uh, the headphone out. I mean, the little earpiece out, man, did you see that? That was the shit, man. He, when he was almost crying, he goes, he goes, and he was biting his lip and you can see his, I mean, it's kind of f- cool to watch him blush with bloodshot eyes and he's got a little drink beside him. Cause when he was in the league, he was squeaky clean. He's almost like a Mormon. He's like squeaky clean and he had a nice guy image, but he, like, he was still a killer though. But it cool. it's cool to see him cuss. And it's cool to see him like um, drink, he had, a drink <laughs> next to him. he had a drink next to him and his eyes were kind of bloodshot. And, but, he, when he, but he starts biting his lip. He goes, people ask me if I'm nice. He goes, you know, to watch Kerr and all the other guys come in thinking, hey, the championship is theirs. They're coming to, you know, they, they didn't earn it. I earned it, you know, I did what it take to win. And I never asked those guys to do anything I wouldn't do. And when he said that, and he paused and you, and you hear his voice cracking, he goes, I gotta take a br-. man, dude, that to me, that's why you love that guy. I mean, I would rather, it's almost like the, in uh, the Bronx tale when he goes, would you rather be loved or feared? And he goes, Fear, because fear lasts longer. You fall out of love, you never fall out of fear. Think about that. If you saw, if you didn't know he was a, if you didn't know him, right? If you met 1986 Mike Tyson walking down the street and you knew what he could do, right? Wouldn't you always like, hey, what's up, Mike? Wouldn't, I mean, to this day, people still do that. Cause they fear if Mike if Michael if Mike Tyson was on the street just walking, you knew what he could do. You will always respect that dude. Yo, man, can I get a dollar? Sure, Mike. There you go. Wouldn't you all? Would really? But if you were in love with, think about how many girls you've been in love with. What I? I don't well, no offense, why you were nineteen. You haven't you been in love yet? I'm just asking. Yeah. You got a girl? I mean, yeah, but you've been in love. I mean, she ain't gonna listen to me. So I mean, are you in mean, love, love? So if you guys broke up, right, and then 20 years down the line, you go, oh hey, what's going on? You'd be like, eh. Would you fall out? I mean, would, I mean, there's a girl I've gone out with. Now I have no, I mean, there's a space in my heart, but not like that. It's like, hey, how you doing? And there's like, you know, there's no animosity. Even the ones that did me wrong, there's no animosity, but it's like, yeah, so I don't, I don't love them anymore. You fall out of love, but you never fall out of fear. You never fall out of fear. If somebody whooped your ass, there's a guy that whooped my ass in the state final. Todd Chesbro beat the shit out of me in two, two weeks in a row. In the regional and the state final, beat my ass. And to this day, if I saw him, I'd be, hey, Todd, how are you, buddy? <laughs> That's how bad he beat my ass. And it and it bothers me every day that he beat my ass like this. Is it almost time to get my girlfriend? Up? Uh, tell her to click the link. Okay, I'm gonna see if she's gonna click the link. Okay, I got a great guest. Man, I get going. I think I don't ha- have anything to talk about, and I actually do. And then uh, uh, I think, oh, I think she was gonna click the link. Oh, boy, I hope she comes up. I got a great guest coming on today. Um, and I She hit me up on my... um. Text, I got her number and everything. I got her number, man. I might holler at her. You never know. But she lives in Albuquerque. It's perfect if she likes motorcycles and everything. No, here I get. Watch. All right. And then she, now I get hashtag me too. <laughs> hashtag me too. Hashtag piece of shit. Hashtag. Oh, come on. Click the link. Let's do. Oh, is that her? Is she coming on? Uh-oh, uh-oh, oh. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm, I'm not going to waste this intro without her being. I want her to hear it wanted to hear it. Oh boy, come on. You know what I like about this, man? People see us doing it in real time. And you see the, the uh, you see how the sausage is made basically. Which I like, I don't like anything to be too too smooth. You know, I think everything, everything should have a garage. I say what? Okay, I don't like anything. I like everything have a garage band feel to it. You know, like it's like Bon Jovi during the first two albums. You know, they were just trying to find their sound. And then when they did with shot through the heart, it's like, okay, that's good. But I kind of liked them before when they had roulette and all that, when they were trying to find that sound, man. You know, do you remember Bon Jovi there, Wyatt? You don't remember Bon Jovi, Wyatt's 19. I love talking to Wyatt because we're two generations apart, maybe three, but it's great because he knows so much more than I do in certain aspects. It's great. Okay, I'm waiting on uh, on my girl to come in. Okay. Oh, is she joining? Is it is this it she's
0: been joining? Okay. Mm, come on baby, come on. We see. Mm. Okay, we're going to wait. Okay. It's great.
1: Doesn't it? That helmet looks sweet. I'm not going to lie. It does look sweet, doesn't it? it You know why? You placed it there, Wyatt. I I, I don't, I would be nothing without Wyatt. We're, we're a great team. I think personally, seriously, don't you think? I think we're a great team and we're so different, but we're so, but what we mesh well, you know, synergy, Synergy. see what I mean? (laughs) Synergy. I've never used that word before. Uh, Seriously. Yeah. It's, it's just spinning, um, maybe it's
0: almost... she goes, yeah, it's just spinning, um, oh, come on, okay, just close it
1: out, and okay, so just close it out,
0: and do what and and and. the link again. Never happened before. Huh. Hmm. Come on, baby. Come on. It's the one I want, too. Mm. Come on, B. That helmet does look good though. Yeah, it does. Fits good too.
1: It's it's, it's close to being my, one of my favorite helmets. I got about six or seven helmets.
0: Oh, wow. I love helmets. You gotta take care of that head. We well, so mean like in one setting.
1: Miles, yeah. I rode from here to Kearney, Nebraska, or or North Platte. Yeah. Shit. Oh, and one said, I rode 24 hours before. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I left Tucson, Arizona at about 10 o'clock at night and got to Tulsa, Oklahoma at eight o'clock uh, the next day, yeah. 10 o'clock, 8 o'clock at 9 o'clock. Uh, 10 o'clock at night from Tucson and got to Tulsa at eight o'clock at that night.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was a long one, bro. That was a long one, yeah. Well, I should call her. You know more about technical stuff than I do. I should yeah, I should call her. Think I should? Yeah. Hang hey, on. Yeah, I know We're- it's not even the second time you click the link, it's not even coming in on our end. The first time it, it showed your name and it was it was spinning, but this time it's not even showing showing your name. Okay. Do you have a using my phone? I don't know if that's ideal for you guys. Are you, um, are you on Wi Fi right now on a computer? Um, I, have my, um, I have my phone in uh, airplane mode except for phone calls. But- so you're, you're, on, you're on your Wi Fi? bit yeah you can try to go um just try to go cellular okay yeah that's that, i think that's the best that which of the really quick um and I'm going to end of my computer I'm getting weird phone noises okay 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 i don't know what's wrong oh no it's fine no don't fine. don't worry about
1: it babe don't, don't you worry don't you worry your pretty little head you know understand <laughs> me okay i'm
2: going to be one second and I'll
0: switch
1: okay okay <laughs> I know you will, because you're the best wife. Well, some damn bull here, you of being the best, Dylan. Did you ever see Predator? No. Of course you didn't. Yeah, that's that. the greatest movie ever. Yeah, you don't know what it is. No. It's the greatest movie ever. Uh, they're going to fight this alien. And he goes, uh, I think they're going to they do like a, to uh, squash him like, I don't know, Sandistas, whatever the fuck. Uh-huh. Anyway, Special Forces dude. And, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger gets off the helicopter, you know, walks in. He goes, "So why did they have me come here?" And 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 uh, you ever see Rocky? Yeah. Apollo goes, "Because some damn fool accused you of being the best." And he goes, "Dylan." He turns around and they and they shake hands. Wait, what did he
0: say?
1: He goes, "Because some damn fool so
0: accused."
1: He goes, "Dylan." His name was Dylan. And he goes, "Dylan." <laughs> he did. And Apollo so. Was name Dylan. Yeah, Arnold's name. No, oh. Apollo's name was Dylan. Okay. And he goes, Dylan, and they shook hands and they showed the fucking, they showed his big ass uh, arms, his, his uh, forearms. And um, then they started talking. And then like one of the best, he finally uh, figured that Dylan was fucking him. Like, and uh, he goes, Dylan, what happened to you? He goes, I got smart Dutch, maybe you should too. Oh man, it was great. Oh, you gotta watch that shit. Dude, the original, pre- the original Predator, the original Predator, was is, right is she? Yeah, it's going uh, How do you know? She's on cellular. God, you're so damn good. Oh, is this is
0: this is this it? Oh my goodness, is that her? Can you hear me? Hey. What's up, V, How you
2: doing? I'm awesome, how are you? Oh
1: my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, right now I got the original Queen Bee, the original Queen Bee, the gangster from Albuquerque, the two wheel mama, man, I'm telling you, Brittany Morrow, I I cannot, I don't have enough superlatives to talk um, And I mean it from the bottom of my heart to, t- to, to explain you to my viewers. I mean, anybody who rides, they know you, but I'm trying to expand my audience. And I honestly, you were one of my top five sheroes of all time. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart, man. I, I don't know when I started following you on Instagram, but... And then, and I didn't even know about, you know, what happened. And I just start following because you rode and I just let anybody arrive. And then your story, I was like, oh my gosh. And then, and then honestly, last week I go, who do I want as a guest? And I go, oh, it's gotta be you. Honestly, I go, it's gotta be her. And the funny thing about it was like, are you in Albuquerque right now?
2: I am. I'm sitting at home, locked in my house.
1: In, in Albuquerque? In Albuquerque? Yes. Oh, you know what? I was in
2: Mexico. The Borque.
1: Well, well, the thing about it is, I ask you that because, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bust you out. But I remember I was following you on social media. I'm not gonna tell you when it was, and I was like, "Oh, you're so lucky to be where you are." And then you hit me up on a direct message. And you go, "Hey, I'm not really, I'm not really." There.
2: <laughs> the power I, of the interwebs.
1: And I swear <laughs> to God, I go, you know what? From there on out, I don't know why, but I said, you know what? From there on out, now we're bestest buddies because you go, Aww. "Hey,
2: I'm not." That was our shining moment. I told you all my secrets.
1: <laughs> man, you have no idea how much I laughed. And I laughed because I go, oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> damn, you hit me up on a direct message. I love that, man. So anyway, I was looking at you at B. And, you know, I don't really want to go through the, the usual because I know you go through the same damn questions about what happened, blah, 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 blah. But just for those who are unaware of your story, I mean, if you just want to gloss over, because I want to, you know, go... A, Beyond that, but it is very compelling about what you went through and and the fact that and where you are today. Because sometimes it takes a traumatic moment to get you to where you are now and makes you a better person. So if you you know just want to gloss over it because I know you're sick of telling the story, but if yeah. you could just tell the uh, the viewers who, who don't know you, introduce yourself to the people who don't know you.
2: Yeah, no worries. Um, if I was sick of telling my story, then I guess I'm doing it wrong because it's kind of my life's purpose now. So. Uh, really the nutshell version of this is, uh, I was a young 20 year old girl who loved riding as a passenger on motorcycles. And I got the opportunity to go on a ride with a guy I had met at a party. Uh, didn't even know his last name. He asked me to go for a ride with him and his friends the next morning. And I said, yes, of course. But my one thing that I asked him for was to borrow a helmet. Mm-hmm. That's the only right thing that I did that day. So one of his friends brought over a, a full face G max helmet that was three sizes too big and probably eight years old. And, you know, just threw it at me and said, you know, here you go, here's your borrowed helmet. And we were hung over from the night before and we stopped at IHOP and, you know, did the normal like <laughs> girl on the back of a bike date thing. Um, and usually that ends up fine, but my story didn't end that way. Uh, I went off the back of his uh, GSXR 750 at 120 miles an hour. Oh. I was wearing um, just hmm. a sweatshirt and jeans and a pair of tennis shoes. And uh, a, what was that wearing underneath? A bikini. <laughs> I don't know what my plans were later. Uh. I
0: mean, we all know. Or
2: whatever, but I don't know what I was thinking. I was 20. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was skinned alive. Uh, I had a massive amount of injuries to tendons and bones uh, from my shoulder, my back, um, both my kneecaps, uh, my toes, my left ankle. Um, just, you know, m- things that you never really recover from because you've torn things apart and ground bones down and ripped off all your skin. Mm-hmm. It took months and months and months for me to uh, really just even have a grasp on an attempt at being normal again. Um, So my parents' lives were put on hold while they were visiting me in the hospital. Uh, I was actually training for the Marine Corps at that time. So I lost that entire career path. It was gone forever um, because now I'm damaged goods. I had nine surgeries, a blood clot in my leg. uh, You know, I was basically fighting for my life because of a stupid one-time decision. And, uh, that was definitely, like you said, um, a traumatic experience that kind of woke me up and made me think, what am I living for? And what am I going to leave behind? One of the things that really stands out for me in my crash was I laid in the road for 45 minutes before the ambulance got there. Um, and so I had time to think about what people were going to say about me at my funeral. Cause I thought I was going to die. Oh. Um, and at 20 years old, that's kind of a God smack really. Yeah. And, um, because I was given a second chance, I decided that I should probably make an example out of myself. So not just the poster child for stupid young decisions, but also wanted to show people that there's a better way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just riding motorcycles, but living your life. Uh, now, so it's kind of a twofold thing.
1: Now when you were laying there, I, I mean, did it like, I, when you're looking up at the sky, did you pray or did you just go okay, this or whatever will be, will be? Or I mean, because I I always find that when when death is, you feel death is imminent, or you feel this might could be it. How people look at it, I, I don't know if uh, you read Guy uh, Guy Martin's book. He's talking, about, uh, he's at the Isle of Man, and when he lost it, and in the beginning of the book, and he goes when he's sliding across that road, and you know you're going to hit something. He goes, I just thought whatever will be will be, and that grabbed me. And it's something about, and there's something about almost death that it just, it fascinates me. And so I, I want to know, like, in that last minute, when you're looking up at the sky and you're thinking, oh God, this is, is this it? And do you, find of praying or do you just go, whatever, I just want to be out of this pain. What was that mindset then?
2: So awesome question, actually, because no one ever really asks me that. Um, I was laying face down on the ground. And mm-hmm. so I was staring at the road. Mm -hmm. And the people who were with me on the ride, um, they were like stabilizing me in the position that I was in. So they didn't let me move around. Um, so it really was just kind of darkness, uh, staring at the ground, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with Guy Martin on this one. Um, you kind of accept the state that you're in. Mm -hmm. I kind of accepted the fact that I was going to die, but honestly, what stood out, for me, the most in those moments were that because I wasn't living my life uh, in a way that was for others, I was being very selfish at the time.
1: Well, you're all twenty. I that mean, were... That's what we do, you know.
2: We, <laughs> it is true, it, especially when you're twenty. Yeah. yeah. It's um, I started to think about all the things that I had done wrong to people that I loved, and uh, that's hard to to face as a twenty year old um, because I thought I was never going to have a chance to right those wrongs. And I had a chance to do it, but that's what was going through my head was I'm going to die. I've accepted this fact. I really just want to, I want it over because the pain that my body was feeling was quite equal to the pain that my heart was feeling from knowing that I was going to leave the world with unsaid things, um, apologies that needed to be made. Uh, and just the way that I, you know, the way that I had been living just it wasn't uh it wasn't the way i wanted to go out
1: wow honestly you know what but you had that presence of mind at 20 you know i haven't I only started, and I tell people all the time, and I want this to be my new comedy or my last comedy album to be I'm finally getting life. I mean, you got it at 20, unfortunately, through an unfortunate circumstance, but it took me being an, basically an asshole and <laughs> not realizing what to like 45 or 50. I start thinking, what am I doing with my. And then I think it, my roommate has a kid, and that to me is just it. It's helped me out so much. And now I realize, so this is what life is about. You know what I mean? It's like it's not about me, it's about somebody else. And so, you know, but I don't beat yourself up for because like I say, you're 20, man. How many things have you done <laughs> at 18 or 20? You go, man, fuck the world. You're always flipping the camera, I mean, yeah. Fuck your drink, you doing this and that. And you know, somebody look at this old son of a bitch, you know. It's what you do. Like, I don't get too mad if anybody wants to like sometimes you run across kids and they kinda want to bow up on you or whatever, and you go, okay, I get it. I mean, I, I'm only gonna take so much, but he's like, okay, I get it. So, I mean, unfortunately it took you that, but then you've had a chance to right the wrong. And here's what I admire about you is, you could have easily gone down a different path. There's always paths you can go down, but you chose the positive part. And then you really, really, and it, it just went head over heels and the back on the bikes again, what, was it seven months or seven years that, uh, that you got a, uh, another bike, that you got a bike.
2: Seven months out of the hospital.
1: Seven months out, of, you got yeah. you got another, you got a bike, and you start riding yourself instead of being a passenger, right?
2: Yes. And then, I think that was the PTSD made me do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, here's what I know about you too. You just told me you wanted to be in the, uh, in the Marines.
2: Yeah, my career goal was to be a combat journalist. They call it combat camera. Right. Um. So that's what I mean. I was training to go into the Marine Corps in the delayed enlistment program.
1: You're going to be in the corps? Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Are you serious? <laughs> that is kick ass. Now, now I, I know you, I talked about like you can't do any sports anymore. Like, you know, you're very athletic. What sport did you do? Like, what sports did you do before the accident?
2: Oh, man. I played so many sports growing up. I was such a tomboy, but really my sport of choice was soccer. Uh, ever since I was six years old. Yes. Everything else that I tried, yeah. um, I just kept going back to soccer. So I played all the way through my high school years and. Uh, nice. Yeah. So right, lots of running around and pivoting and stuff that I can't do anymore. I just, my knees are like, nope, not going to do that. So
1: <laughs> Midfielder? Were you a midfielder? Where were you?
2: Uh, no, I was a striker.
1: Oh, look Jordan at you. Are you serious? You're like... <laughs> are you got that ball
2: real hard.
1: <laughs> you're like <laughs> Megan Rapinoe.
2: Oh, man. Those girls are just amazing. I love how what they stand for and... The Don't big you? Big Honestly,
1: yeah. Megan Rapinoe, to me, I respected her so much when she kneeled also with like like Colin Kaepernick did she kneeled also and then when they asked her you gonna go to the White House you know I'm not going to the fucking White House and man I tell you after that I mean I always respected the women it's funny because I was the only one that was I was following the women in soccer before it was fashionable when they won that first world cup I remember I was at a Hooters in Kentucky I was at a Hooters in Lexington <laughs> and when <laughs> I know that's where I, I
2: went to college. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes I'm serious. Are, so we probably went to UK.
1: get out of here
2: <laughs> I, I
1: did comedy at Comedy Off-Broadway. Oh, my God. Yes, we probably met each other and didn't even know it. That's funny. You were probably digging me. I don't even know it. But anyway, yeah. I was watching. I'm just, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> so I was, but I remember being at that, at that Hooters, and I was watching the first Women's World Cup when, um, uh, uh, what's her name, took the... Uh, Mia Hamm. No, no, Mia Hamm. Uh, uh, what's her name? When she scored on that penalty kick, and she took oh. uh, 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 the sports car. What's her name? Oh, I forget. I Wait, to
2: call me out, BT. Make me look like a real soccer fan.
1: Well, I well that's what I do. I, I, I'm doing my combat journalism. How about that? How about that? I'm not letting you skate through this interview. <laughs> but I remember when she told her sports bra, because I remember I was the only one. I went, yes! And I started screaming. And the whole restaurant looked at me like, man, what are you doing, man? It's women's <laughs> Crazy. soccer, man. I mean, serious, but I've always been into women's sports because I just, there's something about, and I I love tomboys. And I just love women who do sports because there's something about women who do sports. They're just a little... And this is just me. They're a little bit tougher. They're a little bit... You can... There's a little more play in them where they—I—I I don't know i, just, I can't explain it—but they've always been my favorites. You know what I mean? Women who do sports—they've always had a, a certain kind of like. They know what it's like to dig deep and get that—you know—like that last goal or—or—or or, or, or my coach, my wrestling coach, called it the nut cutting time when it—when it's, it's crucial. You need a takedown. You got to get this point. It's ten seconds left. You got to go. So you know what that's like to dig deep when you're tired. You can't get a breath. And they go, "Hey, Brittany, you got to score." You go, "I got this, chicks. I got this, ladies." And you go in and you score. So you. You know what that's like. Did you play soccer for UK?
2: No, I didn't. No, I this I went to UK after my crash. So I was oh uh I was just barely, barely surviving at that point, as far as um my health and being a, a normal human being, uh, <laughs> going now, to school and working full-time craziness.
1: So, so so do you miss do you miss uh do, do, do you miss playing? Or do you still watch or is it hard I to watch? Dreams.
2: I have dreams about playing soccer. Um, and that's one of the things that's kind of hard to accept is that there's this, such a thing as new normal. when And yes. it, people are using that nowadays with the COVID-19 stuff. Right. But like a new normal is when everything's changed forever. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had to, to learn to deal with. And I feel like I have replaced my passion for playing soccer with motorcycling. Um, because I love it that much that it, it can be thing that I do now, um, mm-hmm. even though I wish I could also play soccer, right. I am okay and I can overcome that because mm-hmm. I have motorcycling
1: okay, so did you get any scholarship offers
2: uh, for soccer? When I was playing in at the Albuquerque Academy, which is where I went to high school, um, mm-hmm. I did have a partial scholarship offer to the University of Nevada at Ooh. Reno, um, but it was for academics and soccer at the same time, so Look it was kind you. of like smart tomboy. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> a smart egghead, a smart yeah. nerd, you're a smart nerd. You're
2: yeah, you're but you know what nerd. I did instead, BT? What? I followed a boy to Japan. So.
1: <gasps> oh, man. That's what when you for
2: being an egghead.
1: <laughs> when you like somebody, you like somebody. You follow man, Japan.
2: I, all of my problems are because of
1: voice. You ain't got to be like that. I mean, I'm just asking you a question. You ain't got to yell at me like that. I this. know, right? Don't, don't, don't <laughs> take it, it out on me. It's like my mom would get mad at my dad. And she, she literally slapped me one time. She was, she was putting lotion on me. And she just hauled off and go pow and just slapped me. I go, mama, why did you do that? And she just started laughing and walked away. And I knew it was oh. because of my dad. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, you <laughs> got to take that out on me. You know, and if it makes you feel better, great. But you don't got to be that way. I'm your friend. So you followed, you followed this boy to Japan. Like, uh, how did you meet him and who was he? And, and.
2: So Albuquerque has an air force base. So he was training for his air force job and I was a senior in high school. Okay. So yeah, when soccer ended, the
0: mm-hmm.
2: boy craziness began. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I guess. So here's the thing. Um, yeah. Women who play sports and who are tomboys, Mm -hmm. I don't know, some of us, it catches on a little bit later, but we, I don't know, we feel like we aren't in the same level as other girls because we don't wear makeup and we don't do our hair and that we would rather have a ponytail and go, you know, push boys over in the schoolyard. And And then all of a sudden we realize like, oh shit, we're just friends with everyone. We're in the friend zone. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, uh, I don't want to be looked at as just one of the boys. So it's this weird dichotomy that happens. And I don't know, for me, it happened when I was in high school. It was like, well, I guess I should probably be a girl and like boys now. So. <laughs> I love that. But so not, I just went, you know, for the gold, man. <laughs> but I love
1: that, though, because me and my brother both were talking the greatest look for, at least to me, the greatest look for a woman, honestly, is when they got the, they got the sweatpants on and they got the flip-flops on because they probably just got through working out. And they got whatever kind of sweatshirt on or whatever. And they got their hair in like in a little ponytail because they just got through working out. That, to me, is the hottest look ever. I mean, the the, the just got through working out look. Honest, I love that. I mean, I take that over prim and prissy in it. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. That's why I say athletes have always been my, like, if I had to choose like what women, you know, that do it for you, it's always been athletes, man. So I love that. Yeah. But then you went boy crazy, went to Japan, <laughs> went to Japan. Yeah. Went to Japan, happened.
2: lived there for two years. Um, Your parents there- let you? <laughs> I was 18. They, uh, everybody tried to stop me. Everyone was <laughs> like, you are making a mistake. And I, you know, it just made me want to do it even more. Because you're so, 18
1: and you can't stop Brittany Morrow. You can only hope to contain her.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what do you do if you come across a unicorn in the forest? Do you catch it? Because you can't put that thing in a cage. So, I mean, you, you just revel in its beauty and let it go on its way. So that's, yeah. <laughs> no,
1: those are good mushrooms, I, that is. If you see a unicorn, that's <laughs> really good mushrooms. Like, wow, man, that's a
0: unicorn.
2: <laughs> I um, I definitely had an amazing time in Japan, but mm-hmm. it, the relationship didn't, ma- didn't um, work out. So when okay. I came back, I was in this mode where I was pissed off because I was wrong and I didn't want to tell everybody that I was wrong. Yeah. So I was being very selfish. I partied a lot. I drank, I did drugs. I, uh, you know, did whatever I wanted. Um, oh. and then I was like, Oh, I want to be in the Marine Corps. So I was trying to get things kind of back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, and when a boy asks you if you want to go on a ride on the back of a sport bike, the, yeah. the tough inner athlete wannabe Marine says, hell yeah, I'm going to go prove that I'm brave and I'm strong and, and I'm, you know, I could be one of the guys. And yeah. then I ended up on the ground.
1: So, like, okay, you know what, I never, I've looked all the interviews, that ever, whatever happened to Sean?
2: So Sean was in the Air Force as well. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, I like that military voice.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, okay. once, you know, once you know yourself, you just got to go with it. No, um, you got to. Yeah. Sean uh, got restationed overseas mm-hmm. and um, he did visit me in the hospital for the first couple of weeks and then kind of more sporadically. Um, I honestly can't speak for him because we didn't stay friends for very long. Um, I think it was really hard for him to kind of come to grips with what happened because, you know, he, Basically he could have killed me. Right. And he, I'm sure he felt very responsible for what happened. Um, but everybody deals with those types of feelings in a different way. So he kind of ran away. Um, and I'm not going to say that he was right or wrong because, uh, we both had to kind of come to terms with what we had decided to do and what the consequences were. Mm -hmm. And I love my life now. Yeah. So I can't, I'm not mad at him. I don't blame him for anything. It takes two to tango.
1: Right, um, exactly.
0: Really,
2: I, I wish I had somebody come b- you know, use the time machine and come back from the future and shake me by the shoulders and say,
0: <laughs> you stupid girl, what are you doing? <laughs>
2: but uh, I, I don't know. I think that's probably the only thing I would have listened to is, you know, some yeah. magical wizard from the future.
1: Yeah, but how old was he at the time? How old was he at the time?
2: Oh, gosh, I think Sean was like 24 well, I mean, you're still young, though. And think about it. I mean, we were with, kids. with
1: life, you just live it. Some people get it early, though. Some people get life early. And man, I mean, this. God bless those people. I wish I had that. I mean, like I said, I, I didn't start getting life till maybe three or four years ago. I mean, it's just the truth. I mean, if you if you saw the way I live my life, honestly, if you walked into my room right now and you, you go, and didn't know it was me. You go, so how old is this kid? You go, no, it's, it's a grown ass man that lives there. No, seriously. How no, it's a grown man who probably, <laughs> who who's probably saving up for retirement right now. No, how old is this kid? I mean, that's the way I live my life still. I mean, I'm a little bit better, but I mean, I still live that way. But you have to go through life and experiences. And, and you, what I admire about you is you took that and you made it a positive because you could have easily, you could have easily gone down a different path. You could have got addicted to drugs and alcohol and been, woe is me, but you didn't. You chose the positive path. And Where did that come from? I mean, I know you had a great support system with your parents, but where did the path to go? You know what? Okay, this is my life. It's my second chance. I'm getting,
2: I'm going down this path. I feel like that's always been inside me. Um, mm-hmm. A type personality, someone who just always has been a doer rather than a talker. Yeah, and um, I get that. I really felt like I had a challenge in front of me to fix it and show people that there was a better way to do it. And it makes me happy. It's such an amazing thing to really discover your true purpose because once you have that, nothing can stop you. And I realized that I had a purpose and it was because of what had happened to me. I didn't ask for that. But man, sometimes that's really what makes you realize this is why I'm here. And to be able to share my story and use my, my God-given talents of being a, a decent public speaker and writing and being a go-getter and being physically active and wanting to go and try these things, I put them all together and I have a career for the rest of my life and I'm helping people at the same time. So you, I really feel like there's no better feeling.
1: You are a burrito of positiveness. I mean, seriously, that's what you are. You are. You roll I every- nachos. I nachos? Okay, burrito <laughs> and nachos. See, now, you, now you're, now now, see, I try to be nice. That's, that's women for you. Give her a compliment. And what is she <laughs> like, How come I can't be nachos? I mean, seriously. You know, you give her a compliment. You know what I mean? But honestly, it's funny because this is the first, as far as I know, it's the first time we've ever talked. But from everything about you, I, I I saw that it's weird because we, I'm just going through pictures and what you put on your Instagram, but from the little that we've corresponded with, I've always, I mean, I felt like, and, and I'm glad you mentioned the athletic part. Cause I, I mean, just talking to you now, I feel like this is why I feel like we could be, we we'll we could be great buddies, but if we were doing a sport, we would not hesitate to dismantle the other. Like if I was playing soccer against you, I would have no problem going up for like a header and kind of giving you a little elbow in the chest or, and, and not even feeling guilty about it. And I expect you to do the same to me. I expect you're going as-
2: down, BT. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I expect me going through midfield, and you give me one of those kind of slide and kind of. And I look at you like, and you go, and you just get up, and you kind of help me up. And you go, yeah, well, you know, next time, buddy. And I go, are you serious? And we play basketball. <laughs> I would expect you to give me an elbow to the check because I would do the same thing to you. And and I feel that. I feel like we were racing. If We were racing right now. I would show you a wheel, and then I would not hesitate to maybe take you high a little bit, maybe you know, get into you and get into your head. And I would expect the same from you. But I get that from you, and that's what I like about.
2: Robins racing man.
1: Rub- <laughs> now this is what I want. This is what surprised me. Also, is that you also race in a um, in Albuquerque? Right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, is it a uh, is it a R6? The Yamaha. What kind of bike is it?
2: Yeah. So it's actually the first bike that I bought seven months out of the hospital. I rode that bike on the street for twelve years, and then I turned it into my race bike.
1: Is, is so it a any, Yamaha R6? Is there anything better than racing?
2: <laughs> no. No. You know I. I didn't like tracks for a really long time. Um, and let me tell you why. And I know this is a horrible thing, but it's because it was the same, it was the same road uh, in a circle over and over and over again. And I was so focused on um, the street and going to beautiful places and mm-hmm. adventuring that I was like, oh, there's nothing to see. And it's so boring. Um, until I realized that I didn't have to compete against other people. I could compete against myself. Okay. And that's where I really started to think, like, it doesn't matter if I'm the fastest person or the slowest person on the track. Yeah. I want to be faster than I was yesterday. I want to be faster than I was the lap before. And then it became a really exciting challenge. Okay. Um, and then that became racing for me. So I started racing at the end of 2018. Um, started my racing career with a crash in practice.
1: (laughs) What happened? What did you do? What did you do? Oh
2: God, man. Um, decreasing radius right-hand turn. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I early apex the hell out of it and, um, you know, just stayed on the throttle and kept leaning over. Uh, something went wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I ran out of tire. Did you lose focus? I ran right out of tire. Did you lose focus? No, um, no we were writing alternate configurations. So I was still kind of learning that configuration. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I don't know, I made a stupid mistake. I missed my breaking marker and turned in too early. And it happens that quick. I just remember thinking to myself like, oh man, I'm doing so good. I'm so close to the ground. (laughs) And And then then I was on the ground. (laughs)
1: Oh man.
2: But you know what? what, this story, I got up, got back on my motorcycle, obviously in the pits. We fixed my bike and I raced twice more that day. Yes. And I, that was completely yes. the opposite of my first crash experience. Uh, the parents were there. Yeah. I got to hug them. It was like night and day. And I knew it was because I was controlling my circumstances and I had the right gear on.
1: Man, I, uh, that that's why I just, I, lo- I love that when I read that you raced, on I go, yes. And then I saw you where you crashed. I go, oh my God. Now, how was that going down? Even though you had the right gear on, did that, did a little bit of flash go bam? And you go, oh God, I'm, I'm down, but I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I mean, did it, did it, did it traumatize you even for a split second?
2: No. The funny thing was, is I was like, this is it? <laughs> that's it? Because I, you know, I low sided. So yeah. I just, you know, tumbled like once or twice and then yeah. kind of like got up and was like, that's what I've been so scared of for the last 13 years.
1: Oh, that is, man, that's awesome. That is so great. great experience. Now, can you get a knee down? Can you get your whole knee down?
2: <laughs> um, sometimes.
1: Okay. Is it, yeah, I, uh, is it because of your body? Is it because of your body?
2: So, yeah, the problem with it is that I have what's called Baker's cyst behind both knees. And it's when you have tendon damage in your knees, your mm-hmm. body sends fluid to the area to fix it. Okay. But it forms an assist like right behind your knee. So you can't bend your knee or straighten it out all the way anymore.
0: Oh. Um,
2: And that becomes a really big issue with the proper body posture, you know, on your motorcycle is you're basically supposed to be at like 145 degrees on your your knees. And all of your weight is in your feet, right? Mm Because you're, you know, loose in your upper body. So you're supposed to be squeezing a gas tank and putting pressure in your pegs. And my knees are like, uh, we quit. So um, I'm constantly struggling
0: yeah.
2: with having proper body posture and mm. also staying um, out of pain so that I can keep yeah. racing. Uh,
1: like, have you tried like yoga and alternative forms of like healing or anything like that?
2: Yeah, the real the real answer is knee replacements and I'm terrified of that. But Listen, I got, I got both, Malaysia patella.
1: <laughs> I got both my hips replaced. I was the same way and I just kept putting it off and I ended up spending a lot of money for a, a stem cell for one of my hips mm. and it, and the insurance didn't cover it. So I was, I was out of four grand just for an experiment and I should just go ahead and got it done. And I got both of them done in a year and that was like two years ago and I'm still, you know, whatever, but it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? I mean, I've done a couple of track days and it's just the, my whole goal is just to get a knee down, man. I want to get a knee down. And, and that's what I want to do. And then I want to race you and I want to take you high. And that's what I, do. I do. I want to get a
2: knee down and I yeah. want to race.
1: you. Yeah. And, th- and then I want to point at you like when the race is over and I want it to look like we're having, you know, like we're arguing. And then when it's all champagne
2: over, in my face, uh.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. I yeah, didn't yeah. go there. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. I, 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 I didn't, you said that. I And then it's all over and then we point and then it's all over. Then we give it like a little hug or whatever. And it's all good. Then we'll go have like a uh, burritos and nachos.
2: <laughs> burritos and nachos. <laughs> And nachos,
1: yeah. That's not me ever. choose BT. Yeah, man. Okay, so, listen. Enough about bikes. Let's get to the uh, to to you. Other than bikes, now, what is your what are your interests? Are what's your guilty pleasure that people don't know about? Your guilty pleasure, like you go, I can't believe she does that. Now, what what is it about you that that people wouldn't know? Maybe be surprised, like Brittany likes that. Is it
0: bubble bath? Uh,
2: um. <laughs> Uh, Netflix and chill. I mean, um, oh, oh, shit! No, no. <laughs> I have a boyfriend. Okay, gosh. Um, you do? You got a boyfriend? I, yes, Good I do. I have a boyfriend. He is a he owns his own motorcycle suspension business. So we're kind of a match made in. Heaven.
1: You're just using him for his show. Is, that's all. You're just using him for I his show. I am. I
2: use him as my personal mechanic, and that's it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Look at you. You're a user. You're a user. Pay each
2: other in sexual favors. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I you know.
1: love man. See, I'm starting to love you even more now. I'm starting to love you <laughs> even more now. Like, you know, put that dampener on for you. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Beautiful. Does he ride, too? Does he ride also?
2: Yeah, he's actually a state championship dirt bike racer.
1: What's his name? So,
2: can you give uh, him David Hall. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll look him up and then uh, tell him he's got some competition. I'm gonna come in there. <laughs> Perfect. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna Dakar Rally my way to Albuquerque and I'm gonna find his day. Oh, that's all so guys. cool.
2: That's actually a great idea. Honestly, um,
1: that is one of, yeah. my, that's one of my, that's one of my bucket, not say, I, I never say bucket list because you don't know when, when your time's gonna come. I say it's one of those things I would love to do is the Dakar. You mentioned Dakar Rally and I am full folk. That's one of my favorite races ever, the Dakar. I love it. Yeah, too
2: bad it. they went to Saudi Arabia this year though.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, I kinda liked it, when it was in South America, you know, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, they, they did it, but I, yeah, I liked it when in South America. I thought about going down there just to watch it, man. The Dakar is yeah. one of the, that's a brutal race, but it's beautiful. You know, people Dude, don't Let's don't, go
2: to the Baja 1000 together this year.
1: It's a, that's an Intonado, right? Yeah. Check this out. I I I stumbled up. I literally stopped. I was working a cruise ship, and we happened to be in Ensenada. And I, and I was like, "What's going on here?" And I got closer, and I sw- the the dock from the starting point to 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 the Baja. I swear, I Aladina was probably less than five hundred meters. And I go, <gasps> and that's what oh, I. Sw- that's so. When when we pulled in, I swear I go, I literally go, thank you, Jesus. And I ran there and and I bought all these stickers because I'm I'm the biggest dork in the world. And I go, Oh my god, I'm at the Baja. And I mean, I was I I can't only you know because we're both bike dorks. But man, I was there and I I was like, thank you, Jesus, thank you. And I was just looking at all the bikes and I was like, I mean,
0: I love
1: it. I've always wanted to do rally. always want to do rally. That's one of my, uh, that's that's one of my uh, guilty pleasures. Rally. I always want to, so what's one of yours? Other than, okay, we talked about the boyfriend, whatever, but what's one of your guilty pleasures?
2: So I love to travel and take landscape photography to like Mm. the extreme. (laughs)
1: Like what kind of extreme? What kind of extreme?
2: Like, like hike into the most random place so that you can get a picture of a, a beautiful shot, but that no one's ever taken before. Cause they weren't willing to climb up that crazy boulder or stand in the middle of the river.
1: So you still got that swim out you?
2: to that crazy little Island in the middle. of. Good you for know, you. Stuff you, still like get, that.
1: you still got that adventurous thing. That's great, man. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah.
2: And I don't I think, think that's ever going to go away, man. I can
1: tell it won't. I can tell it won't Good for you. <laughs> Keep that. That's what makes you, you, you know what I mean? So, okay. How about this? What is your best ride ever? That like you've ridden to where you go, I mean, i don't get me wrong. All rides are great. We both know that, but what's the, your yeah. best the one that sticks out in your mind. And you go, Oh, that just, it, it, it captures your heart.
2: So I'm so lucky to have like a whole list of them. Right. Um, but I'll stay in the United States.
0: Okay. Homie. My
2: uh, ride sounds almost orgasmic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> My keep um, talking. Ride, Okay,
2: <laughs> um, is from a little bitty town called Shell, Wyoming. Yes. Um, I read about Shell that. Canyon up and over the Bighorn Mountains, uh, down to Sheridan.
1: Oh, down to Sheridan, Wyoming. Uh,
2: yes. So okay. um, that entire route is just. First of all, there's nobody around. There are no it's, people. It's, the, it's Wyoming. The town there's of no Shell is there. fifty. Fifty population of fifty. That's insane. Yeah. Um. You go over a waterfall, you flank a river, oh. you go through a canyon, you go to the top of a mountain. The top of the mountain smells like flowers and pine trees. Nice. You go down the other side of the mountain, and then you end up in a cool little town called Sheridan, which has like awesome barbecue. So I don't even know like oh. how it can get any better than that.
0: Did you, and you stop
2: at that, you
1: you that, that barbecue? You in at
2: barbecue? Yes. Um, What'd you eat? Oh man, I'm uh, brisket and ribs. <laughs> oh my
1: God! If you're not the dream girl, I don't know who is. You stop for barbecue at briskets and ribs. You should just stop this interview right now. I'm gonna rally over there and I'm gonna talk to Dave and say, "Listen, maybe we can make you like a reverse Mormon. You know, you can have like two boyfriends.
2: <laughs> Every girl's dream. Yeah, Let you can you.
1: Yeah, you don't you don't have, you don't have to see me. You know, you see me like once every blue moon, you know, <laughs> and I won't make it weird. I won't, you know. My I side
2: mean? piece. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> BT the <laughs>
1: side yeah. piece. BT the side piece. Like, mm, I, and you, you see me for February because it's Black History Month. You can see me for February. That's, that's okay. my, that's, that's my <laughs> only... <laughs> <laughs> That's my only requirement. That you How are you it.
2: celebrating Black History with massage?
1: <laughs> I'm I'm celebrating the right way, the way <laughs> Martin Luther would have wanted us to celebrate.
2: It. <laughs> oh my God! I'm going to tell David he's not allowed to listen to this interview. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, you went there first,
0: okay? So, so, so.
2: <laughs> okay, well we'll,
1: well we'll we'll switch it. What's your most miserable ride? And I mean, where you going? Oh boy! And it just because I've had rides you never rise where you start off and you're you're geared up and everything's right but it just like something happens and it just keeps getting worse and worse until the point of you have to laugh inside your helmet cuz it's going so bad
2: also wyoming funny oh, enough i happened? was going i was riding from salt lake city utah to denver colorado and okay. i well, i wanted to get there quickly so i took like the really boring highway route through wyoming and they were doing road construction Mm -hmm. So it was a four-lane highway that had turned into a two-lane highway. And the only thing between you and the oncoming traffic was, like, the orange, like, sticks. Okay. Uh, And there was gravel everywhere. And it was raining, like, fucking crazy. So the semi-trucks coming the other way were hitting me with raining gravel. But because it was construction and in the middle of Wyoming, there was nowhere to stop. So I had to just keep going. Yes. I was so pissed off that I started screaming inside my helmet just to let it out. And it triggered my 911 emergency call on my comm system. So all of a sudden it's 911, what is your emergency? And I'm like, oh shit, sorry. (laughs) I don't know what I did, but um, I'm I'm okay, okay, bye.
1: Oh, that is awesome.
2: Didn't even know that that was a feature, but I guess I screamed long and loud enough that my comm system was like, this bitch is dying. We should probably call 911. I'm not joking. I have no idea how that happened.
1: The greatest thing is being inside your helmet and scream. I didn't know people could hear you outside of your helmet. I remember being at a stoplight and I go, "God damn it! Why can't these fucking fucking people know how to fucking drive?" And it was a van, and you and you see all these heads turn and look out. And then I think the girl I was dating at the time was ahead of me in her car, and she goes, Hey, "Those people heard you." And I go, "Are you serious?" (laughs) Because I didn't realize they could hear you in your helmet because the visor was down. I go, "These fucking people know how to fucking drive," and they were in a van. And they heard sound it. is
2: wafting out from underneath your yeah. face. So face. Yeah,
0: so, <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, me ask you another question. Okay, what's the best motorcycle movie? I've seen so many motorcycle movies that are just shit. I mean, that's not a documentary. That's not a documentary. The best motorcycle movie.
2: Do you want to know what got me into wanting to ride a sport bike in the first place? What? No joke. Biker Boys.
1: Get are you? I, sh-
2: I was in high school, I was in middle school when it came out, and I swear to God, it was the coolest movie I had ever seen in my life. I wanted to be the one girl who was in the boys' club and had her own bike. I'm not I'm not kidding. I, I mean biker boys is the shit. I will still watch that movie and have a good time. Cause I'm biker- not blowing smoke.
1: <laughs> okay, biker boy. Let me tell you, here's what you do. When we get off and when we get on, when we get off and, and we next when you Netflix and chill, you're the dude you're using right now until I get there in February. I want you to watch. The movie called Burnout. It's a French movie. It's going to be in subtitles, but th- that's the best motorcycle movie you'll ever see because it's so real, it, or it could be real. And I mean, that movie was so Only, like, I think people who really ride understand, it's like he's and he's with his woman and the kid, and they're all happy, and he's looking at her, and he's talking to her, and she's talking to him, and he's listening, and outside he hears a... And he's like, you know, he has to listen to her, but he kind of turns his head to the side. And only people that ride would understand that. And that's why you got to watch, it's called Burnout. It's a great movie, watch it and uh, watch it. And then I want you to text me, I don't care what time it is, you text me and go, you were right. That's all I want you to do, say you were right. That's all I want you to do. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, what else do we do when we hear the song of our people?
1: Being, yes. (laughs) Isn't it the greatest? Is that the, (laughs) I remember, I remember being at uh, Black Bike Week in Myrtle Beach and I heard, and I rode all day and I came in about, it was like three o'clock in the morning I came in and I was like Ty, I rode all day, I get off the bike and this guy had passed me, he was gonna get on his bike and I was walking, I was almost in a hotel and I heard whoa, and I go, and I turned back and looked to see what bike he was riding. And that's how you know, man, it's in you and you yeah. can't get it. When
2: Thank were you there? It. I was They're, there in 2007.
1: There, there's a guy walking past and he said he heard burnout and he and he's agreeing with me as a guy you oh, can't see our on. studio but but it's on the streets of indianapolis we're downtown indy and he goes and you can hear it outside and he goes i watch burnout it's a great movie so you better watch that Brittany. <laughs> okay
2: you better watch that man oh my are god, are you on meridian street by the
1: no, way no we're on uh, uh Mar- okay if you go on instagram stories you'll see but okay. we're on but it, 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 what street is this uh market, market yeah market street we're on market street Oh, cool. You, you've come here for the, the GP, right?
2: Oh, yeah. I went every year that it was an indie,
1: And you went to the, the after party, right? Yeah. How did you miss me? Because oh, no offense, but there's only so many black people that are in the GP. So how did you miss me? I mean, and that was when I was about 10 pounds lighter, but I was more yoked. So you had to be like, damn, who's this brother here? Who's this smooth brother here? And he's riding. What? How did you not see me?
2: I've known who you are for a really long time, actually.
1: Oh, you, oh, you've been stalking oh, me. I
2: have, yes, yes. But you know, the reason why we probably never talked was because Black Moses had a wall up. <laughs> oh, he like, so can't Black talk to BT. So,
1: so Black Moses cock blocked me. Is what you're trying to say?
2: Yeah, yeah, He was he was gatekeeping.
1: Are you serious? <laughs>
2: no. When I
1: not? when I get off this, when I get off this, because I interviewed. He was my first guest on here.
2: Oh, Alan. I I, I
1: love Alan. But to find that now that it it could have been me and you and you could have been here in Indy and we could have been dirt biking together and we could have been a couple and it was all Alan's (laughs) fault. Oh, it's, it's on. (laughs)
2: Okay. Oh, you're not allowed to directly quote me on that one. You just call Alan and be like, so a little bird told me that he was, uh, yeah, he was, he was gatekeeping on all the celebrities. See,
1: we could have, we could could have been He was
2: like the, he was like the bodyguard.
1: Man, I I do love Alan, though. And you know what I like about Alan? and I'm trying to take Alan's places, honestly, is that he places women in such a positive light in his magazine when when he could easily go down the Easy Rider thing or whatever, women in bikinis, which is nothing wrong with it. But he places women in such a positive role in his magazines. And that's what I wanted to do here. And you're my first female guest, you know? And I I hate for it to sound that way. Like, you know, it's almost like somebody going, hey, I got a black friend. You know what I mean? But it's like, I wanted to have... (laughs) Somebody I respected and somebody that rode, and I and honestly, that's why I wanted you to be my first guest, man. And I and and it's funny thing about it, when I came down here to do this interview, and I was so psyched, my roommate came in right when I was leaving, and I and she had a crash on her motorcycle where she was, it was in the daytime. And a drunk driver in the daytime hit her in a pickup truck head on. She broke every bone in her body except for her neck. They airlifted her, and, and it happened in September. Also in the same month, in September, I think it was a year before yours. Two a year, I think a year or two before yours. And she went through the same thing you went through. And I just and I look at her in the same way, man. I just I just love strong women like yourself. And I mean, if on the bottom of my heart, I mean, all flirting aside that we're doing, I mean, I I just I look up to you. I think you're a great role model for just people. Like I said, I mean, not just, and I think it's great that women have a role model or anybody have, but I think it's great to look up to you and the fact that you chose the positive path to go down when you could have easily just chucked it in and go, Whoa is me, you know, life sucks, just you, sh- you know, shouldn't happen to me, and you could have went to drugs, you could have went whatever, you could have went a pot negative, but you chose the positive side, and that's what I love about what you did with your life. You saw what happened, and you said, you know what, I got this opportunity to change, and you seized it, and that's what I love about you, man, and I I, and I can not commend you more for that and what you do is awesome your writing your everything you do and your instagram and just everything about you. I just want to say thank you for just being that beacon of light for people to look up to. I mean, for women, I think it's great, but just for people, I mean, for it, I, it's not just women, but for men to look up to you and say, I'm going through this and I'm so glad, you know, that somebody else went through it. And if she did it, damn it, I can do it. So, you know, I just want to say thank you for you for choosing that positive path and attitude is everything in life. And you chose the right attitude. And I think that is awesome. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, babe. I mean that.
2: BT, thank you so much. Like, your words, like, it, it matters what you say to people and the, the energy that you give to them. So I want to say thank you so much because you just made my whole week. Um, attitude is everything. It's also contagious.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, talking to you, I, I feel that, and it's so funny because like now, I really want to go play soccer against you, and I really want to <laughs> score against you, and I want to put you <laughs> down, and I want us to be like hate each other until like they're eh, and then we shake hands and, and we trade jerseys.
2: <laughs> I Main that do because, a little like tunnel. You walk yeah. through the tunnel. Yeah, and I, I, I do. It. Hands.
1: Yeah, okay, okay, tell, okay. If you could be uh, any soccer player, who would you, who would it be? Who would it be? Uh,
2: me. Okay. Okay. Uh, other, than uh, yourself, other, um, other than yourself. Oh Other than
1: yourself. Male or female, male or female?
2: I, you know, honestly, it's, it's so weird to think like, I want to be somebody else. Right. Because oh, that's beautiful. I, I, I tried to teach myself a long time ago that it's not about, I want what that person has. It's, I also want to be like that.
1: Oh, so, that's beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I want
2: to, I want to be, I want to be me, but have all the things that I want to
1: Oh, that's, I love that. That's great. Honestly, no, that's beautiful. You ain't got to explain yourself, girl. Thank you. So it's all about believing in yourself. Good for you. Me, I'd be Ronaldo. I mean, I want to look good and score goals. Oh, and have man, that. Is so hot. It, honestly, I don't even go that way. But if I did, it, I'd be Ronaldo. I'd be like, yeah. I, when he takes his shirt off and he goes, please, don't, don't touch me. I want to see how beautiful I am. When he, scores, <laughs> when he scores the goal and takes his shirt off and his teammates want to jump on, he goes, no, please don't touch. I am Ronaldo. Yeah. I'm beautiful.
2: I that know. will cost you $500.
1: It will. I know you're confused right now because you're a man and I am a man. I often confuse myself how beautiful I am, but please do not touch you. <laughs> no you treat him like like he's in a China shop. Don't touch the merchandise. <laughs> That's True. what he's like. He's a beautiful man. All right. Before I wrap it up, I'm going to ask you, you're, I, know you ride, I know you ride a Triumph. I know you have your dream bike. I mean, your, your race bike is a Yamaha, but dream bike, the bike that you go, oh, the bike, your dream bike of all time. What, what, what is it?
2: right now it is a ktm 790 but the prototype that they put out before they put out the real version of it Mm -hmm. i want i want a 790 duke r built into the prototype that they originally showed us The scalpel do you know what video i'm talking about yeah the scalpel oh so the bike that chris broke the record on at Pikes Peak before they banished oh, motorcycles for however yeah. long they're going to banish them for.
0: Yeah. The
2: 790 Duke R, it looks like sex, orange sex. Oh, I know that sounds weird, but. No, uh, no, you keep going. Viewer go frame, like nothing between the tail and the rear wheel, just all this space. And it, the, mm. the tail is just pointy, like a fucking blade, like it's going to jab you in the face. <laughs> and, um, and the front end, it just it goes wherever you want. And, ah. And it's naked on the front end. So, you know, nothing better than naked. Yeah, oh, that's my dream. I love I'll it. send you, I'll send you, I'll send you pictures. You know, I'll text you some photos. Dude,
1: you know, hey, you, you, you Snapchat. got, the, you got the number. We got <laughs> each other, no, me whatever. We got the number. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting my, the wrapping up something from my producer. I could talk to you all day, man. I cannot begin to tell you how I knew it was going to go great. But it's even going better than I even imagined. I knew it was going to be great, but man, I can't even tell you how much I enjoyed the hell out of this. Man, you are incredible, funny, and uh, you know I know you're using your boyfriend until I get there, so it's cool. I know it's so you know. Don't Black tell. Black History
2: Month's only a couple months away.
1: <laughs> you
0: <laughs> prepare yourself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank but, you so much for for having me. I've had so much fun. This is like you know. It's not like an interview or a formal thing. It's like chatting with friends. That's what we are.
1: Honestly, that's what we are. We share the same passion. And I think the same passion for life, not just bikes. I think bikes are the big, big part of it, but passion for life. Attitude is everything. Brittany Morrow, thank you so much, baby. Stay safe out there. And man, I can't wait to actually see you in person. I hope to get a ride in with you someday.
2: Amen. Love you, baby.
1: Love you too. Bye-bye.
2: Bye.